at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're the king! Only for Super NES. Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soulblazer. Hello, folks. This is Greg, uh, joined by Joe, as Hello. always. You are listening to episode 190 of the Super NES Podcast, and we are covering a game that I always have been curious to curious to play, but never actually had gotten into until now. So uh, we're going to be talking about, in this episode, uh, a game I picked. Uh, we're going to be looking at Equinox, which is an action-adventure puzzle, uh, puzzle game for the Super NES. So, um, I just said before that I never played this game. Had, had, that I never, had, I never played this game before. I know Joe hadn't played it before. Nope. Uh, <laughs> his experience, but this is actually a sequel to a very popular NES game. So, uh, we're, actually, like, we're going to talk about the history, the history of this game, a little, a little bit of its heritage and, like, and the changes and the changes that were made uh, visit this, this to this game because I have this game because I am quite familiar with the NES game. Uh, whereas I know Joe didn't have a chance to look at it, uh, to look at it, but that's fine, you know, like, you know, like real life and all that, so, but, um, so anyway, um, uh, so this game, like, this game is a, uh, came out pretty much almost the same time, uh, like around the world, North America, so Equinox got released in, Fe- in February of 1993, came out to Japan several months later in November. Uh, Shrey got it in, in January of '94, and then finally, fucking finally, it came out in Europe in March of '94. Kind of, it's surprising, it's surprising that the surprising that Europe was last for this game because it actually was developed by a, a British company. Hmm. So, uh, the developers, like the developers of this game, uh, the, the, the company called Software Creations uh, in Britain, which uh, there were a lot of British uh, British companies developing games for the consoles during this time period. So. Um, the, uh, they did it back in 1985, and for the most part, they were, like the most part, uh, they they paid the bills in those early days by doing ports, uh, popular like a popular games on the, 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 the uh, popular games like Bionic Commando, Bubble Bobble, on the systems like the Commodore 64, the, the, the ZX Spectrum, the Amiga, etc., etc. So, um, but then they wanted to branch out, to branch out, to branch out for like a little bit. So they decided that. So they looked at the NES and the NES and they're like, well, and they're like, well, there really is not too many puzzle games available like real the system yet because like in the early '90s, um, you know, that market really hadn't been tapped. At, uh, uh, um, it hadn't, you know, hadn't been tapped. It hadn't been tapped that that far yet. So, uh, so they, like, so they, like, they basically, they basically put their whole company on the line with making this one game with all their. With by the money and and assets and whatnot, and they created uh, Solstice, which is the prequel uh, to this game Equinox. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Japan in Japan this game is known as Solstice Two. So they didn't use the um, for some reason they didn't use the Equinox name uh, in Japan. So Solstice came out for the NES 1990, and it was one of those really like surprise hits that nobody really expected to, uh, expected anything out of. The game um, uh, the game just came out of like left field, and nobody really saw it coming or, or coming or. or uh, coming or realized uh, how popular the game was going to be. 
you know, so popular as a matter of fact, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Nintendo, um, you actually, they actually signed a contract with Software Creations, uh, not only to work with them on additional games, uh, but they also, uh, uh, Nintendo also got the right to publish the game uh, uh, like in Europe. It was published in North America by CSG ImageSoft, which was a, a, a ImageSoft, which was the precursor to Sony ImageSoft, which published, uh, yeah, which would go on to publish like Equinox. So, um, you know, back in the days, back in the days, back in the days, uh, um, uh, we've already covered uh, Sony ImageSoft the past the past podcast. Back in those days, before Sony actually had had into the hardware market, they had their they had their they had their own software company, uh, Sony ImageSoft, to publish games uh, with a very dubious track record. Most of the games they published were only like lukewarm, to, uh, like lukewarm best, but Solstice and Equinox were definitely successes like them as far as that went. So, and the reason Solstice was so popular was because of the fact that it really catered to a group of people who really didn't play video games that much because Solstice was a very heavy. Uh, puzzle slash uh, uh, puzzle slash adventure game. There wasn't any violence in the game. Um, you know, there were enemies that you had to avoid, but you couldn't attack them. Uh, so the whole game consisted the whole game consisted consisted like if you were like doing like you know puzzles and, and whatnot. And basically, the game consisted of you trying to play um, you know, plays the um, plays the wizard uh, Shadux. Uh, trying to trying to navigate 250 rooms of a fortress uh, to assemble the six pieces of a staff to defeat like an evil wizard uh, an evil wizard and rescue a princess and like I said because the game was so unique they really did very well with like people like adults and par- uh, and parents and their grand- grandparents people people who traditionally didn't play video games uh, and even to this day your story even uh, to this day your stories your stories like about how the story of people how you know um, you know like my mom played this game like nonstop straight for like two weeks or like you know my, uh, uh, like my grandmother, like really like loved this game. So, Solstice really was a very uh, a smashing hit because of that reason, uh, because it was a very like neat game. So, and the graphics of this game were also like very unique because it used an, uh, because you know the NES not being the most powerful hardware out there, of course, used uh, they decided upon doing an isometric viewpoint the, like for the game. So, which takes a bit to get used to, but it worked very well as far as uh, um, uh, uh, as far as like navigating the game and whatnot, and the um, and, and the music of the game was composed. By Tim Follin, uh, who also went on, who also went on to compose the music for Equinox, and he composed a whole bunch of game soundtracks. But he's probably best known for his work on, uh, on Silver Surfer, like the NES. So, uh, which is a very hard game. It has an excellent soundtrack to it, I think. So, um, anyway, uh, uh, Software. Uh, I think anyway, because all this was such a smash, a smash hit. Of course, uh, of course, a sequel looks inevitable. So. Uh, the certain, uh, um, you know, the, I, like, they got to work like an Equinox, and that came out in 1993, like, um, uh, like I mentioned. A lot of the game was kept the same, uh, from Eco, from Solstice. We'll get into the, the, the similarities, differences here in just a moment, but just to wrap up, like, uh, uh, Creations real quick. Uh, they went on to do an, uh, so they went on to, do, like, they wanted to publish, like, a bunch of other, they went on to develop a bunch of other games after that point. Um, a lot of sports games, sports games. Uh, 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 they also did the, uh, they also did Spider-Man: The Venom, uh, Maximum Carnage, and Separation of uh, uh, Anxiety for the Genesis Super NES. So, um, and some other games as well too. They were eventually bought out by Acclaim in 2002, and then, um, like when Acclaim closed 2004, they closed along with it too, unfortunately. So, um, but anyway, 
Yeah, I think you've said before that you like. We haven't covered. Oh yeah, we have covered Maximum Carnage already. Like I forgot about that. So, yeah, but Separation uh, Anxiety is the sequel. The sequel. Yes. So I don't think we so, have covered we, that. We haven't covered that one yet. No, you're, you're right. I remember covering that. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I talk about. It, I remember covering Maximum. I, I, I remember covering Maximum Carnage. Like George back. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. Back in the day, so. Spoiler: the sequel isn't all that great, so it'll be a while before we uh, cover it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too bad because, like, yeah, that's too bad to hear that because Maximum Carnage is very good. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, nope, I agree. So anyway, uh, anyway, Equinox. Um, it at first glance, Equinox is very similar to Solstice. Um, the graphics are the graphics are basically the same as the, the, are the same as Solstice. The Solstice except it's upgraded, like upgraded 16-bit, of course. Um, the game keeps the same isometric viewpoint because again, the Super NES really wasn't powerful enough to be able to handle anything like this. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously today, if a game like obviously if a game like this was made uh, on a on a modern system, it would be done like first person. I mean, like no doubt, it'd be done like first person. But there's no way a system a system a system like the 90s could handle that. So they have this. Um, it's kept the like it's kept the isometric viewpoint. Um, the basic the basic idea is that the, the basic idea of the game is still the same. You're still exploring a whole bunch of dungeons, trying to dungeons, trying to like you know find objects, um, uh, 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 like avoid enemies, and, uh, avoid enemies, that kind of stuff. And the uh, the difference is that in this game, however, uh, like I said, it, is, is that Equinox. It definitely, it definitely adds a lot more action and adventure aspects to aspects to the original game did not have. The action part of this game is totally new because those, like I said, did not have any action at all. It's one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons the game is so popular because you didn't find anybody in that game. You just simply like uh, avoid everybody like and solve puzzles to get through. In this game, you're solving puzzles, but you are having to fight enemies as well too. And you pick up various weapons and spells as you go through the game to help you with that object. Uh, there's also bosses in this game, which, which again the first game did not have. And as you, um, so as you beat bosses, you also gain power. You have hit points, uh, and you also have magic points. Um, if you take a hit, you have to start that. Uh, if you take a hit, you lose a point point of health, and you, and you have to restart the game, and you have to restart the room over again. Which can be like very frustrating sometimes, unfortunately. But um, and then also magic is also used to to do your various spells and whatnot, which you also need for certain like for certain objectives. Um, also new to this game. Where Zosis took place entirely within one dungeon. This game, uh, this game has um, has eight dungeons to explore. So there's a whopping total. There's a whopping 458 rooms in this game. So it's definitely a much bigger game than Zosis was. And there's like a map, and, and there's like a mode to have a map you can use uh, uh, so that you can use to navigate like around the. Uh, to navigate around the map, and you can also save at any point by going back up to the surface. That uh, surface you get the chance to save automatically, though. The original game didn't have a save or a pass or anything like that, so because of how much bigger this game is, you can definitely have a save feature, which thank God for that. So, um, your objective, like objective, like objective, like each of the uh, dungeons, dungeons pretty much the same. You're, you're looking for like 12 pieces of blue orb, uh, and what you find, what you find all, what you find all 12 pieces. Uh, that um, you know that unlocks the way to the boss, and once you beat the boss, then you can move on to the next dungeon, uh, uh, like whatnot. So, um, so that's the game, pretty much in a nutshell. Uh, the dungeons do get bigger in rooms as you go on. It goes from 16, 34, 45, and so on, and so on. So, um, 
And like the first game, you always have to buy keys and whatnot to be able to go through locked doors. Uh, apples provide um, you know, extra lives and also like, you know, uh, um, uh, but, uh, but can also like, like, also like give you the hit points back. Uh, the story is a direct, the, the story is also a direct sequel to the original game too as well. Uh, you play as Glendale, who's a son of Shaddix, the, uh, the, uh, the hero, the, uh, the hero, the hero like the original game. Um, because of the fame that Shaddix got in, 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 uh, in like defeating that big evil bad in the first game, uh, he becomes famous. He takes on a bunch of apprentices. Um, very ironically, kind of like Alice Star Wars, which is uh, Joe and I are talking about. <laughs> to do with the recording, ironically enough, but um, he's betrayed one of his apprentices, uh, like, a, uh, like a female, uh, um, uh, um, I believe it's pronounced like Samia, uh, and, uh, and so like, and, and so as your son, you have to like go like, you know, like uh, uh, find your father, like in defeat uh, Samia, the flexor of the piece of the land. So, um, so that's, that's the game overall, like overall, like in like broad strokes. So, uh, uh, so let's get into the actual gameplay itself. And the, and the, and the isometric, and the isometric viewpoint definitely is, is definitely the game's biggest uh, bone of contention. Many people, you either love it or hate it. So, uh, it does take some getting used to. Uh, Jill, I know you have no experience at all with the first game like I do. So, what was your what was your experience just trying to navigate around this fly around these dungeons with that like very unique? Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it's a big secret. Um, if you have ever listened to any of my older podcast episodes, as well as uh, I think we've covered at least one isometric game on this podcast, um, I do. Oh, have I, we? I think we have. I I, I can't remember. I don't remember. I mean, we play a lot of games. Yeah. Anyways, we the point is, I am not a fan of isometric viewpoints. Um, yeah, uh, th- this. I, the minute this booted up, I was like, "Oh, this is an isometric viewpoint." Like I was already like, uh, "I'm dreading this." <laughs> um, it, it was only compounded by the fact that they want you to do platforming. <laughs> Um, if it was just, you know, maneuvering around, you know, shooting enemies, whatever, like, I think it would have been all right. But the platforming for me is really what did it and, um, really made me frustrated. And, you know, I had to actually, you know, behind, behind the scenes, inside baseball, I messaged Greg yesterday asking what game it was that we were covering because I remembered playing a game. But I couldn't remember what it was. And then as soon as he told me what it was, I was like, oh, that's right. And then I booted it up and I was like, oh, now I know why I haven't touched this in almost two weeks. Because <laughs> I started playing and I was like, oh, I do not like this. And I just shut it off. Um, some of the some of the puzzling stuff is really fun. Like you have to push like, uh, you know, rocks and stuff to be able to make bridges to get across and do stuff. But it's like when they ask you to make almost leaps of faith where it's like diagonal blocks and you got to get that just right. If you don't, you're going to fall. You're going to fall into some spikes because the game's awesome like that. Um, it wants to punish you for taking that leap of faith. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the spells and everything else, but like some of the things they did in this game just made me scratch my head. Like, it's cool that you can save on the, the 
overworld and that makes sense for like you know typical rpg people we know like if we're on the overworld we can save um but like it's a spell you get a spell called save and it allows you to save inside the dungeons cool right sounds fantastic until you realize that it is the sixth spell that you get out of the eight dungeons that you have to go through is almost as useless as unlock which is the last ability you get which unlocks all the doors in the dungeon by the time you get it there are i think three doors that it actually works with that you can go through before you have to fight sinisa like it just it baffled my mind that you would have these abilities so late so, in the game yeah. you know what i mean like no i agree with you yeah, so flex two, flex two thoughts about that. One, I couldn't find any, I didn't find anything to say in this when I was doing research on the game, but I, but I strongly believe that perhaps the spells were designed originally to be given to you earlier in the game, mm. and then during playtesting, they playtesting they shoved it around, five uh, or another, perhaps to add like more challenge, which we'll get to like in a moment. But uh, for second thing, this game's this game's not this game's not alone in giving you like an ability kind of. Kind of too right, late. right. Um, did you so just so, so just use one example? Did you ever play Strider? I did, I did. Yeah, like the NES. Um, they give you the warp, the, the warp ability in that game, like way at the end of the game when you don't have to warp back to the ship anymore. So it's like what's right, the point? Right. So uh, I was reminded very much like about that uh, that that also with yep. this. So so I'm guessing that's what it is. I mean, like you know, um, you know, I hear you, I hear you, like I definitely hear you, like the like, <laughs> uh, graphics. It's like you know. You understand, like you understand why I said before, why fly would do right. it that way, right? Because it's like there's no way the hardware, right. the hardware could handle right. 3D of anything. So it's like, and also this is a game's a sequel. They're trying to get the game true to spur of the sequel in Solstice, and Solstice was also like an isometric right. game. So um, the problem is that there's one, the, one the puzzles of this game like more mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, overall, the Sosis was. And Sosis is not an easy game either, by the way. I never did beat Sosis as a kid, spoiler alert, <laughs> but because Sosis, I just found it to be like too, too, too challenging. They ramped, the, they, they, ramped, they ramped Equinox up to make it even more difficult of a game, so the puzzles, so like puzzles in this game were even more of a challenge for you. So you have that room for you. Two, Sosis didn't require you to do any action parts. Right. In this game, like in this game, the, in this game, you're fighting enemies, especially you know, especially a lot of enemies who, especially the enemies who, who look like they're escaped convicts from like Pac-Man or Zelda right. games, because like you know, but it's like, so it's like trying to navigate around and stop puzzles while also trying to avoid and or dodge enemies is a whole different level of challenge and frustration. The one so, thing I did like um, though is that no matter what weapon you have, it's a projectile. Like I love yes. that the the four weapons that you can get are knives axes swords and a mace and they're all projectiles like that's that's cr- yes. I, like i would love to see this kid hurling a mace at an enemy um <laughs> that, that, that's one of the few things that like made me kind of chuckle <laughs> that's for sure yeah yeah see weapons in this game that uh like daggers swords axes twin daggers which throw up by four uh, the, the twin daggers because they throw like well, forward and backwards very nice uh, 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 twin swords skimmers, maces 
and I'm forgetting something. I, I, I can't, remember, can't remember what I'm missing, uh, but oh well. Uh, but anyway, um, and you can also change, you know, and you can also change between weapons too if you want to, because we, which can be which can be which can be advantageous in certain areas as well too. So, um, and uh, oh, 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 also, uh, also, also for beating bosses, you also get uh, strings for a harp, and if you get like five strings for the harp, you're also able to use it to play. Um, uh, uh, it basically is the the, the transport the uh, you know that is a, that it, that is the teleport spell that George's talking about. Once you get that, you're able to teleport. I uh, teleport the overworld. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that so I didn't mind the asymmetric viewpoint as much as you did, Joe. I do agree it's challenging. I do agree it's frustrating. Um, and I think right here, this is going to be the bone of contention, like I said, for many people, whether or not they're going to like be able to play yeah. this game or not, because like some people, some people. Because some people love this, you know. Some people like are able to figure it out without or, or figure out navigate around like a problem. Other other games, I think that I think it's hard for us in 2022 to come back to a game that's 30 years old uh, almost and be like you know trying to figure out and trying to and trying to trying to remember how games this time period work right. sometimes. So I, I kind of think we may have had easier time with it had we played it like back um, uh, back in the day, uh, 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 like like it first came out. That said, not, that said, there were that said there were not there there, there, there were not too many isometric isometric control games anyway right. from this time period to begin with. So the game was unique. Right. But um, I, I remember I remember is it called Pac-Man World? Um, uh, the Pac-Man the Pac-Man maze game also was isometric viewpoint as well too. So yes, yes, um, I think it was Pac-Man World. Yeah, yeah, that's the only yeah that, that, yeah that's the only yeah that's the only other that's the only uh, that's the only other uh, isometric uh, uh, viewpoint game that I'm thinking about like right now. So, but so anyway, so I mean yeah, so it is yeah, so it is challenging definitely definitely navigate around. So it's like and like the, and like the added and I and I don't know I, I I really don't know if they had to add the action parts of this game. I, I understand they're trying to appeal to I, I understand that the developers are trying to appeal to a broader to, um, to a broader audience. And the boss fights are pretty fun to do. I, I mean they are challenging they are challenging but they are like mm. very unique and well designed and fun to do. But like making the jumps and making the jumps in this viewpoint and trying to solve puzzles is bad enough as bad enough as it is. But trying to also avoid avoid or defeat enemies at the same time or doing it is also like very frustrating. So. Um, and a lot of puzzles, puzzles not only not only seem not only very challenging, they also uh, they also seem uh, uh, they also see, they also seem like very cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the graphics to the graphics music. What were your thoughts about the uh, thoughts about like, those things, Joe? I mean, the, your character looks great. Um, it's well animated. Yes, yeah. um, the I have no idea why he's going this dungeon right. barefoot. Well, you know, I like mean, you know, we could so. question a lot of things. Um, yeah, so. Like, the bosses look fantastic. Um, they do. And I, I felt everything was really very well detailed. Um, sound effects get you by. Um, it's nothing to write home about. Um, but that being said, I really like this soundtrack. <laughs> sound effects. Like, good. Yeah, this is, like, one of those yeah. games that I think, like, as much as I have a love-hate relationship uh, with it, 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 it's the love of the uh, music that really pulls me in and kind of made me want to play this again. Um, yeah. So, and, and I'll, I'll, full disclosure, I use the uh, the cheat code to be able to get Infinite Magic in lives. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but... We will mention that toward the end. <laughs> but right? I did finish it, and uh, 
you know, it was a fun romp for, for what it was. And the music was a yeah. big part of getting me through it. Because, like I said, I'm not yes. a fan of isometric views um, at all. In, in all actuality. And by the way, it's Pac-Mania. That's the one. Um, Pac-Mania. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big you. Pac-Man fan. And Pac-Mania is one of the games that I refuse to play because of the isometric view. <laughs> so... <laughs> It all comes back to that view. Um, but yeah, the, the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, you said it was like Tim Wood was the composer? The guy's name is uh, Tim, Tim Fullen, Fullen. Who, okay. uh, um, uh, who also created the soundtrack to the, 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 pre- the previous game, Solstice, and he also did a whole bunch of other video games. Like I said before, he's probably best known to us, uh, to, to, just like the gamers nowadays, for Silver Surfer. Right, right. Silver Surfer's kind of like a cult. Kind of like and that cult does have fans, great music. So, the but... game's crap yes, but so. it does have great music it's very tough <laughs> it's crap <laughs> yeah so. it's tough and it's crap uh, yeah he also did he also worked on soundtracks for uh for yeah, spider-man x-men uh, uh x-men like arcade revenge uh plock and echo the dolphin different in the future mm. are some other games he worked on so so yeah yeah very sounded yeah um yeah like very sound it's a very talented soundtrack for this game. Uh, um, uh, you like this game too, and yeah, and yeah, I agree with you. The, and yes, I agree with you. Like with the graphics, uh, they're very bright, they're very colorful. The dungeons all have unique looks, which I, uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, so, but uh, um, did you did you ever so did you ever get used to asymmetric viewpoint? Did you play through the game, or was it just more like his like tolerance? Uh, it was definitely a tolerance thing. Um. So, so, so I mean, it, it does in time, but there were still moments where um, in the later games where you have to make those jumps and that viewpoint, it still gets you. So I don't know. It's I felt like I got a little bit better, but it wasn't enough. Like I said, I had to use the cheat code and I didn't feel bad about it. Well, uh, well, yeah, not hear you. So actually, um, actually, uh, I also wanted to mention speak about the graphics because, like you know, uh, you know, this game, this game was groundbreaking to the system, like in many ways, because of the success of Solstice. Um, Software Creations was the first was the first non-Japanese company to actually receive Super to actually receive a Super NES a development kit, um, and one of the and they actually. Uh, so apparently, apparently the game actually was ready for release, uh, like as far back um, as far back as late 1991. Um, but the game, um, the game, um, the game got delayed for 18 months for, for, for 18 months because they were having problems. Um, there were uh, there were small variations of the Super NES console in uh, console in 1999 to 1992 uh, because it's like because of its uh, um, uh, between the original Japanese versus then versus North America versus European releases, and they found because the game was so new and groundbreaking that they're having problems getting the game to run correctly uh, on like all systems because those systems systems because systems because of slight because those like minor variations, um, you know, uh, basically basically things like uh, you know like for example I'll, uh, for example I'll just quote this quote this line uh, but, um, like an article. Uh, blocks are made of sprites and overlap to work to work within the available processing power, but the picture processing unit is unable to process sprites at the same level properly, resulting in resulting such glitches as the foreground sprites disappearing. And to fix the problem, rooms redesigned and sprites disappeared like removed. So they really push the system very hard mm. in this game. 
So uh, I really don't think they, um, you know, and, and again, and, and again, the system, I don't know how else they could have done the game as far as uh, they have done the game. Because it's like, because like if you have it like, because if you have it like, you know, like 2D, it would, it, 2D, like it lose all its charm puzzle, right. uh, charm, uh, 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 and, and uh, charm puzzle aspects. Did you ever play the Immortal with like either on the NES or Genesis? No. That game's also that game's also kind of pseudo isometric, but not quite to this extent. So I definitely can see the comparisons, comparisons mm. like about like about like about hard it pushes the systems the 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 the, the, the processor and graphics. So, um, but yeah. So like I said, nowadays if nowadays if they made a game like this, they you know they just like first person, but. You know, like, um, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I'm quite sure there have been games done similar to this in first person. I just can't think of those right. games like right now. So, but anyway, yeah. So it's like, yeah, the isometric viewpoint is definitely, the isometric is definitely like, you know, like a, definitely like a bone of contention like many people. So you're not alone here in that way. So, um, I think it adds to the game's charm, uh, because, because you have, um, because you have nostalgia to Solstice, uh, the original, you know, the original, the, um, uh, the, the original which is also isometric, but I definitely understand where you're coming from as far as the actual, um, as far as the actual like challenging of the challenging of like trying, uh, um, like about trying to, you know, you're trying, um, you're trying to navigate it. Yeah. So, but any, anyway, um, um, so uh, replay value is going to be limited, mostly because of the fact that this is like you know like a, a, um, a fairly a, a fairly linear like linear uh, like linear game. You have to you, you have to go through this. this um, you have to go through dungeons. The, the dungeons play a certain order. So, um, but you know because the but but yeah the game is very huge. It is very huge like, and very challenging. So I definitely could see it like you know taking somebody like a long time to play this game before you go into like originally. So. Uh, most walkthroughs online on YouTube, if the person, if the person knows what they're doing, uh, you'll think you'll think the game like seven to eight hours basically is like the the average of the time. I did see a speed run of this game for two and a half hours, which is like very impressive. That is. So, um, I think we've covered most of the aspects of the. the, the I think uh, the the aspects the aspects of this game. Um, so you mentioned, oh, we can talk about the puzzles a little bit, I guess. You mentioned you found most of the puzzles, um, uh, uh, many puzzles, many, many, many puzzles like to be like challenging. Was it, was puzzle difficulty, puzzle difficulty more for you, Joe, because of the challenges, the challenges of uh, trying to deal with the graphics or more because of the actual puzzle itself was being tough? Yeah, I think it was more or less like, some of it is the puzzle, mm-hmm. but yep. More of it was like me gripping with the isometric view and having to deal with that. So, well, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, I think we've, yeah, I think we pretty much, yeah. So I think we pretty much have covered most the most of the major aspects, the, the major aspects like of the scheme here at this point. Um, was there anything that you want to say about the? to say about the game Joe add on to or maybe something that we overlooked no I mean so obviously you know we have varied opinions on this um, so I suggest anybody listening who has a remote interest in this game to definitely check it out take the time um, either get the ROM or you know we'll, you, we'll find out by the end if this is worth getting a cart for um, <laughs> but uh, yeah at least check it out um, I, I wouldn't you know, tell anybody not to check this game out. 
This is uh, there's, there's enough meat on the bone that even if you're not a fan of isometric views like me, um, that you can kind of push through that and still enjoy the game. Yeah, so the game, the game actually has not been, uh, the game actually, to, actually, to my surprise, has not been re-released uh, 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 like over the years. So, uh, probably because that I think, I don't know who has the rights to Souls and Equinox anymore these days. Because like I said before, uh, the developer eventually, the developer eventually got folded like to a claim and the claims rights are held, you know, claims rights are, and the claims rights are held by, um, uh, who that holds the rights to a claim games these days. I knew this and I forgot about it. Um, but yeah, somebody has the rights to acclaim games anymore. And then Sony was the publisher of the games. I don't, I don't know what rights Sony has to the game like anymore these days. So it's really kind of confusing. So maybe it's like that gray area. But um, you want to explain why you watch not play re-released. But um, I'm gonna move this up there real quick just because of the fact that it's like bugging the heck out of me. I'm sometimes. already on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so uh, I'm actually gonna yeah. So I'm actually gonna differ. Differ, differ, differ with you a little bit, yeah, a little bit, Joe. As far as market, you know, as far as market, uh, as, as, you know, as far as market, as far as of the game. Um, if you first of all, if you're a fan of Solstice on the NES, this game is definitely worth checking out because a lot of Solstice is still here to make this game just to, to make this game good. I don't think, I don't, I, I, I don't think Equinox is quite as good as Solstice is. I dislike the added. Um, I, 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 um, I dislike the uh, uh, um, I dislike the action parts after the game. I, I really don't think they're necessary. But having said that, this game's a very worthwhile follow-up follow-up sequel to Solstice. So if you're a fan of Solstice, I definitely recommend this game. Period. Um, if you're a fan of puzzle games in general, I, I think this game's like I think that the game's like worth playing. The Super NES did not have very many, did not have too many pure puzzle games on it, minus Tetris and Tetris and Spurk. Uh So this game's very unique in that, in that aspect. But if you don't like puzzle games, I don't see any point in playing this game. Like, it's like you don't enjoy puzzle games. But um, you know, you know, it's like just be a very frustrating exercise for you. I think the asymmetric viewpoint. Like I said before, love it or hate it, the 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 the, 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 the graphics do take a, do take a while to get used to. So I can't recommend this game for anybody who's not really a fan of puzzle games to begin with because um even if you are a fan of i mean if you are even if you are a fan of puzzle games it may take a it may, it may, it may take a while it's different joe and i to save the hang with it for sure so just so you're aware liquid media group owns it it's a canadian studio oh uh, okay all right so yeah so yeah so i don't know yeah so yeah so i don't know if they have the rights to the game now or sony does so it may kind of be like a limbo these days but anyway um so um so the game did like the game did sell very well and, and review very well when it came out uh mostly because um you know this game is just kind of an enhanced version of Souls, and like i said before Souls was a very like popular game so um these review scores are pretty good across the board i'd say like you know uh, let's see i'll just give a few examples um EGM gave it like twenty. So EGM gave it thirty-eight, uh, um, uh, um, thirty out of fifty. Uh, Famitsu gave it a twenty-nine out of twenty-nine out of forty. Uh, GameFan gave it a one eighty-six out of two hundred. Uh, GamePro gave it a perfect twenty out of twenty. Um, uh, Nintendo Power gave it. Uh, Nintendo Power gave it a fourteen point four out of twenty. Uh, Electronic Games gave nineteen percent. Uh, so on, so on. Yeah. So like they're all, you know, um, 
Uh, so they're all like, you know, like pretty good marks. People basically said the same pros and cons about the game that we've already covered on here. Uh, they praised the graphics, they praised the sound, they praised the atmosphere of the gameplay, they, uh, they, uh, they praised the very high challenge level of the game overall. Uh, however, the asymmetric put, the, the, the asymmetric uh, definitely got a more mixed response. And, uh, and you know, people said the, uh, the puzzles were kind of like cheap. And kind of just like the action marks being added to the game. So again, like you know, like most of you know, you know, most of what we said um, is what they talked about already. Uh, the D-pad was also kind of faulted to faulted for being a detriment to the game. And I'm like, I'm like, maybe it's like, I don't know if this game might be easier to play with joystick. Or joystick like joystick like visit the D-pad. So uh, it you know it's possible. I used never drop control for this game. I'm not sure if you did also. I did. Know, but yeah, so. Um, but, yeah. So. Um, but, anyway. So, yeah. So, the game sold very well. Uh, it, um, as I mentioned before. Because of that. And it's because of that. Um, you know. Uh, uh, so, the game also is pretty easy to find on eBay. We'll get to pricing here. Um, you know, like a little bit. But, uh we already so Joe already mentioned that there was a that the, Joe, Joe already mentioned there was a cheat code in this game. It's a very very useful cheat code. It gives you unlimited life, magic, power. So uh, definitely, uh, so definitely, it's a way to finish the game if you're struggling with the game like Joe was. So uh, it's, a, it's a it's a fairly easy it's a fairly easy code too on the title screen. You want to push L L R R L L L R R R L L R R L R, and then the box with the copyright information will turn green. That green, and at that point you can start the game and you know enjoy the benefits of having. Uh, and a killable character. So, uh, so eBay. Um, 15 copies of the game are currently listed online. 20 copies of the game recently sold. These uh, they're sold. These are off North American sellers. Prices include shipping. Um, it's a fairly pricey game, only because of the fact that I think that it is kind of like a popular game, and therefore, can, and therefore kind of holds its value pretty well. Uh, cart and cart only sold anywhere from $27 to, 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 to $53. Mm. Uh, CIB cop. CIB, CIB copy, so for $70, $70, $86. So, I mean, Super NES games in general are general are kind of, um, you're kind of in a bubble like right now anyway, so I think the price is fair. Yeah. So, I know. So, like, what do you think, Joe? I mean, for the experience I had with the game, I'm going to tell you, get the ROM, don't pay for the cart. Um, <laughs> but, again, if this is up your alley and this is kind of your thing and you're on Greg's side, maybe you know $27 for the cart isn't that bad. I mean, when you look at Super Nintendo games in general, $27 for a cart isn't that bad. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah. The prices the price is still pretty high across the board anyway to begin with. So Right, so if you're going to have fun with sure. this type of game, then absolutely, it's it's worth the money. Uh, yeah, so this was fun to check out finally after all these years because, like you know, um, I'm not the biggest puzzle game fan, but there are puzzle games I enjoy, and I really did like so 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 many NES, even though I struggled with it mightily. Um, so I'm always curious, curious to check this game out, and I'm glad I have the excuse to finally do so like the podcast. So um, it's a um, it's a very it's very different uh, than I thought. Um, you know, very yep. I thought it was going to be. So the the, uh, the 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 addition the addition of all the action stuff surprised me because I'm like, well, they were well, the, you know, you know well, the original game didn't have that, so. Um, I'd love to ask you, Joe, if you thought the addition of the action parts was a good or a bad thing, but you haven't played Solstice, so I can't really... So, without playing the original Solstice, I can tell you that if I played this game and I could not attack enemies, 
I would have gone crazy and I would have definitely uh, been more negative on this game. So, I well, the puzzles themselves are also designed. Does it design definitely? Yeah. Indies, so, but, you know, but so. I don't know. I guess I I probably should have taken the chance to play it, but uh, I didn't. So there's that. <laughs> That's fine. It's totally fair. So, I mean, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, um, appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you doing this game with like me, Joe. You know, like um, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I know there are going to be games to cover now then that you don't yeah, like. It, it much, happens. So, we we um, got games that you know, <laughs> I like that you don't, and games that you like and I don't. That's that's what makes this podcast yes. work. <laughs> I am sure we're gonna have that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm already thinking of another game coming up. Coming up. Yeah, I coming up the distant future. With, uh, the, 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 the distant future. Super <laughs> not gonna like very much. So, I'm, so I'm gonna apologize. Thanks for the heads up. But, <laughs> um, but 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 speaking about game recommendations, uh, next uh, the next game we're gonna look at this on this podcast. The, the recommendation. There's a recommendation that a uh, Chris of Stone Age Gamers, uh, who's been on the podcast before several times recently, most recently of Zelda, uh, recommended to us when we were on, um, you know, when we were recording a trivia, a trivia, a, a, a segment for a second first first podcast which came out last week. Um, it's a game, so it's a game, it's a, it's a game he really likes that Joe and I had, um, had never heard of. So uh, we even, so even technically it's Joe's pick. Joe and I were both in mutual agreement that this game would be a fun one to check out uh, next time for sure. Yes. So, um, we're looking at a game called, and I know, um, so I know nothing about this game. I should also warn you, by the way. Um, we're looking at a game called um, Twisted Tales of Spike McFang. So, uh, did, did you look this game up, uh, Joe, since then? Uh, not only have I looked it up, but I uh, also started playing it. So... Oh, so what kind of game is it? It is an action RPG. And it's okay. very interesting. I will say that. <laughs> um, the story is bonkers, which is fantastic. I love, I love bonkers stories. Um, like, it's it just like... I don't know if you... Have you ever played Kid Dracula? So this could ago. this could almost be like the exact same story of Kid Dracula, and he. I know Kid Dracula has included the Castlevania collection, which I recently yeah. picked up. I'm not going to ruin anything, but basically the story is that uh, you know there's someone taking over the lands, um, which happen to be you know monster oriented. So of course you know Spike McFang is Dracula's son, and he has to team up with Van Helsing's son to clear Van Helsing's name oh. because Van Helsing's name is now being dragged through the mud because of events happening in the kingdom. Um, hmm. Yeah. And it, okay. and it was one of those, like, I was like, it, it's really weird. Um, Cause you start off, it's just you. And then from like the, after the first boss onward, like you have a companion and you have to use the companion. Um, and that could be swapped out and whatever else. So, yes. Don't want to spoil it too much, but yeah. The gameplay also it's yeah, the game the gameplay also sounds the gameplay also sounds a bit like, like the um, uh, the gameplay also sounds a bit like the, the Gargoyle Quest games like play those. I haven't played those. 
Yeah, Gargoyle Quest for Game Boy, Gargoyle's Quest 2 for, uh, for NES. I yeah, I know that there are spinoffs of the uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, yeah, Ghosts Ghost and Goblins, Goblins series. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. never gotten around to playing them. But anyways, so yeah, that's the next okay. game, and uh, I think we're going to have fun with it. Okay, sounds good then, uh, for sure. So as always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, feedbacks, comments, etc., feel free to leave my Facebook page, or you can also send me an email if you want to at the SNES Podcast at Yahoo.com. Joe, we're I have a very at? public Facebook. You know how to find that. And then also I have uh, Twitter at J-O-E-S-U-X-3-0. And I've kind of started to stream a bit, so you can check out twitch.com slash josuck69. Uh, not family-friendly. It even comes up with a little uh, <laughs> message thing that you have to click before you can watch. So you've been warned. <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, I did. I actually didn't know that you started streaming up again. So, uh, so I started a little bit of uh, WW2K22. I started going through like my, uh, my the single-player story campaign stuff. And then uh, I bought Hot Wheels Unleashed um, earlier last week and started streaming that because I was like, hey, it's my first experience with it. Let's see how it goes because I also bought uh, Nerf Legends. Um, the week before because it was on sale for five bucks and I was like ah, five bucks I'm gonna get it um, and the game was horrible so um, I was debating on whether I wanted to spend the 30 bucks on Hot Wheels Unleashed but then I put in the consideration it literally comes with all the DLC it was like the ultimate edition that was originally $90 so I was like you know what like I'm basically getting it for like 80% off like I'm gonna get it and uh, it was fun. I, it, there's obviously a loop mechanic where, like, you have to unlock cars and you do so by doing races and getting money and all that stuff. Um, and it can be predatory because you can use real money to buy coins to unlock stuff. Um, but if you play through the game, um, I have found that, like, you really don't need to worry about it. The biggest thing is uh, they have a like limited time store, and the DeLorean popped up for two thousand gold, and I did not have enough gold. And then when I went back to get it, when I did have enough gold, um, that's how I found out it was a limited store. There's a timer that switches every six hours and rotates out the cars, which is nice. But also, like, I don't know when I'm going to see that DeLorean again. And I want to be driving around in the DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> there is a company in Texas that actually, like, is making, like, a few new DeLoreans. From, like, yeah. Parks, yeah. So. But they're also asking but. for, like, almost 60 grand. So, yeah. Of course they yeah. are. Yeah, Believe so. me, I would love <laughs> to have one. But, yeah, I don't have 60 grand just lying around. <laughs> Nor will anybody finance me for 60 grand. <laughs> No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, yeah we're on topic. So, but, uh, <laughs> all right. So sounds good then. All right. Appreciate it then. And uh, thanks again as always for everybody listening. Stay safe. Be well. We'll catch you again next time. Thanks for staying to the end. Bye. <laughs> Later all. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, Things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep <laughs> <laughs>